Welcome, everybody, to Season 4, Episode 7 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author and a paranormal researcher who is joined today by Wayne Brecky. Wayne, how you going? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's good to see you again. Yes. It's been it's been a while. You're kind of a blast from the past. And I have to say you have quite the setup. I know our listeners can't see it necessarily if they're tuning in with audio <laughs> only. But, man, you got some trinkets and you got the doohickeys and you got all your stuff behind you. Oh, yeah. I've made a little sanctuary down here in my basement. I feel like a hobbit, a wizard hobbit. But, yes, I like to have things around me. I was told that earlier, too. You know, you put things around you that, that inspire you since I do a lot of creative stuff. I like to have that. So, yeah, I got the altar set up and a little secret library and all that stuff. And this is your, your home nook. Yeah, yes. Everybody should see his official office. It's room after room of labyrinth and nooks and crannies and you i mean do you want to talk a little bit about your business just right out the gate so people can get an idea of the the kind of hobbit wizard you are (laughs) well yeah i think um so seven years ago i started a company called dungeon crate and it was a subscription box for role-playing gamers so i went to gen con loved all the vendors came home wanted to find a sub box like loot crate that gives me the dice and the minis and they didn't have one, so I started it. And yeah, we were the uh, first, and and we're the biggest of the sub boxes in the RPG uh, loot crate kind of uh, arena. And so that's always been fun. I've been for yeah seven years deep. You know all the things that I can get from D and D stuff. And then I opened up retail, so I've got a brick and mortar now that I just opened up this month this year. And uh, so now I get to have everybody come in and lose their minds. So I get to decorate it like. Like it would be my fantasy. Like my fifteen-year-old self is freaking out. He loves this. He was like, "Oh my gosh! If I if I knew then what I was gonna do, I would be dancing around." Because I have got now I've got basically a D and D world as my shop, as my playhouse. So it's been fun. It's been really great. People have been really liking it. You know, mind blown. Yeah, and it, it, it's proof. I mean, seriously, it's proof that dreams do come true. Because you're right. If your fifteen-year-old self could see what you're doing now. You'd be like, holy smokes, like I, I'm willing to jump through any hoop, you know, right. blood, sweat, and tears to make this dream happen. So, yeah, I even uh, named my, uh, my, my company is called Lords of Adventure and War Games, and that was the name of my high school D&D group. And uh, so far, <laughs> nobody's gotten a hold of me for any money or, or you know, residuals, but yes. <laughs> uh, they, but yeah, they, that was the name of it. So it really was kind of a turned my high school hobby into a business as I got older. So, you know, aside from the many things. One of many things, but you know, aside from RPG, have you always been into, um, you know, the the lesser known, you know, the mystical, the occult, the magical, the paranormal? I mean, at what point did did all these things ignite your, you know, curiosity to become a hobby and then a passion? I think it really did start kind of with Dungeons and Dragons in a bit, but even before then. My family has always been very open as far as religion and whatnot. We really didn't go to church or anything like that. Um, I actually was became a Buddhist, a Nietzschean Buddhist when I was 15. And I've been that ever since. I've incorporated that in my whole spiritual uh, practice. But yeah, so, and besides that, we didn't really have a whole lot of paranormal things happen in our house. My parents wouldn't really talk much about it, but they did like hint to me over the course of time. I remember my dad telling me about how he astral projected when he was in the military, he was on an aircraft carrier and he was laying in his bunk and pretty soon he opened his eyes and he saw, he just saw the ceiling right next to his nose and he turned over and saw himself laying there uh, and he shot back into his body. Uh, I learned that after I had that same kind of experience when I was a kid, I was laying in there. Of course, when I was a kid, my parents were cool. So I was like 
reading all the, trying to read a bunch of different weird stuff, you know, ooh, astral projections. So I tried that and I felt like I just went vibrated and popped back into my body. And when I woke up, I had, I was head to toe goosebumps and I started weeping. I didn't know why I was crying. I went out to my parents and I'm like, why am I crying? This is what happened. And they're like, well, yeah, that's going to happen. When, when that kind of thing happens spiritually, you're going to get emotional. It's probably the first emotions that come up. So yeah, good job. And I, I, it blew me away because we never talked about it besides these weird little tiny things that happen. They talked to me about walk-ins people, you know, other souls that save a body by just walking in. They have the same memories and everything. So they function as a same person, but their actual soul uh, gets relieved. And I was like, what are you talking about? That freaks me out. Uh, well, and then they don't really talk about it later until now that they're going into a retirement, not a retirement home, kind of a, they're a, an assisted living facility, you might say, a really cool apartment for old people. Yeah. And so they're getting very mortal. <laughs> you know, right, right. Us, so. You know, but it, it is interesting, though, that it was just so commonplace. You know, there's one or two uh, reactions, I guess, when your kid has a, a moment like that. It's like either call in the exorcist or shrug your shoulders and be like, eh, that's normal. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Right. Um, you know, I. by the way, speaking of walk-ins, that is a lesser known kind of subgenre of mm-hmm. the paranormal world. But if anybody's interested, there's a movie from the early 2000s, I believe. It's called K-Pax. The letter K dash P A X. It has some really good actors in it, and it's it's about a walk in. It's about an extraterrestrial who who comes into a mental health facility. Very good movie. But I have to have to ask. Speaking of movies, going back to your dad astral projecting on an aircraft carrier, the first thing that came to my mind was the USS Eldridge, which is uh, tied with uh, you know lore and legend of. Project Rainbow, I believe it was called, a.k.a. the, the uh, Philadelphia Experiment, you know, right. where the government allegedly uh, dematerialized a ship and brought it back, uh, teleported it to a different spot around the world. And when it came to, I mean, people were seeing like doubles of themselves. People had like missing limbs and it was kind of weird, crazy stuff. Now, for the most part, it's been debunked as, as a myth and, and hearsay. But when you mentioned your dad saw his, uh, his doppelganger or astral projected on, on the aircraft yeah. carrier, that was my first thought. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was interesting to hear him tell the story because he doesn't really talk a ton about that. But I, I did make me wonder because I grew up in Southern California. I was born in Lompoc which is right next to Vandenberg Air Force Base. And when I start putting some of these things together, here's the weird story. And then I start putting some of these things together. It, it was just strange. So I was adopted as a baby. Okay. Uh, my mother was a, a dancer, exotic dancer. My father apparently was a, a uh, military in the Air Force. Don't know what happened to him. Apparently he's gone now. Kelly Miller actually talked to him when he, she was on my podcast years ago, channeling in my my natural father, I guess I knew his name, but I didn't know I knew it. It's weird. Right, it's a weird right. story. To us. But, um, so I was always like, Oh, my dad worked at Vandenberg. Hmm. I was adopted. Somehow they got me very early and my sister, like crazily early. And now I'm getting freaked out watching all these shows going, Oh no. <laughs> Who am uh, I really? Right. You know, like, Oh, uh, Nope. I'm still human. But still so human. That, that's weird. I, I did. I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode though, that, um, you talk about paranormal, you know, you're asking me about paranormal experiences and things like that, if I've had them, and psychic experience. I will tell you that I just recently had a very amazing psychic experience last night. What happened? Do well, share. I'm, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we like to play uh, backgammon. My wife and I have a couple cocktails and play games. 
And I was sitting there last night and I was going, we were going over the week. We talked about what's happening. I'm like, and then it came up. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, we're talking about me doing readings at different places. And I go, oh yeah, I sent out some stuff. I got to check my schedule. I go, yeah, I sent Andy Myers that. I sent him a message like a week ago or whatever. I'm like, yeah, he never got back with me. And I, and jokingly, I went to him and go, if Andy, if you're so psychic, why don't you return my call? And we, we, we started setting up the backgammon board. I opened up my, my messages and I took to play YouTube. I opened up my iPad to play YouTube and your message is right there. You had messaged me 30 seconds after I had said that out loud, saying it to the universe and putting it to you. And I still get goosebumps. We were blown away. We had almost stopped playing. I was like, what? And, and it was so random because I hadn't communicated after that. You hadn't communicated. I had no idea. And I said it out loud 30 seconds before you sent that. And I hadn't thought about it for a week, for over a week. I haven't even, you know, I wasn't even thinking about it. You know, it just kind of slipped my mind until this, that very moment. And then there you are. <laughs> you, know what, you know what the weirdest thing was, man? And I, I swear I was sitting on my couch and I was editing one of my other podcasts for Paranormal Dads. And it, it suddenly occurred to me I needed to round up a guest for today. It's just been a crazy last couple of weeks. I didn't have a guest lined up, which is rare. And I thought, I need to find a guest. And so I, I picked up my phone, and without even thinking of it, I clicked on Facebook Messenger, which I never do. And that's why I hadn't returned your message. I swear to God, I check it like once every six months. That's why this, today I'm like, text me when you're ready. Um, but I, I check it, and you're there, and I'm like, hey, there's my guest. It's supposed to be Wayne. It's, it's fate. <laughs> that, so, that is so weird. I don't know if people can get the really the impact of how weird this was, but yeah. It was so strange. Well, I'm thinking I crossed paths with you. Was it a year ago? Maybe we got together. Yeah. We rounded up a couple of our metaphysical friends and chatted. But prior to that, man, it had been a decade since we had talked because I came on your your podcast, your, your other one, Worlds of Wayne, back when my first book came out. And that was in like 2014. Right. Yeah, that was early. Wow. Yeah. Last one. I mean, you know what that means, buddy? We're getting old. <laughs> we are. I know, right? I'm getting old. Nay. We're wisdom not getting old. whiskers. There you go. We're getting wise. We're getting wise. Um, with wisdom whiskers. I like that. Um, well, you know, you have a book that recently came out talking about wisdom. Uh, you have a book and, and you are an expert. I'm going to say it. You're an expert in something called runes, rune stones. And, and what's your book titled, Wayne? Where, where can people get a hold of it? And, and what, what can they expect to learn if they get a copy of this thing? Well, it is called The Complete Guide to Runes. I don't know if you have video, but. This is it. And um, it is the essential reference to, for rune lore, meanings, divination, and magic. It was a, uh, basically, it's your, it's your, it is a basic book to get started into runes. It'll give you a little bit of history. It'll give a little bit of lore. Uh, but really, it focuses on the runes, the divination, the meanings of the runes, how to cast them, how to do layouts, uh, how to work with them in, in magic. My whole point is is rune weaving uh you can get it now it's on, available on amazon you can go right there i look under wayne brecky b-r-e-k-k-e and uh, you can order it there or at any of the appearances that i'll be doing in the upcoming future but yeah it was a it, it did it came out yay <laughs> it was it's, supposed it's to come out last huge. year but oh buddy i get it I, I get it everything gets pushed back with books it's it's a yeah. it's a lesson in patience but it is a Bucket list accomplishment. I'm sure it's one of many that you'll write over the course of your life, but it's a huge accomplishment. So on behalf of everyone in the So Strange community, congratulations, man. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily the book I was starting to write. I had been working on my own book, Rune Weaver, for a year. 
but really without any guidance. I've been writing forever, but I mean, I'm just writing it with no things. But when they came along, they gave me a, the, the outline. They really kind of showed me everything that I need to know now to take and make another book, which would be more. My next book will be Rune Weaver, which will focus more on the rune uh, techniques, basically how, how to how to it'll incorporate most of the stuff that's on my current podcast, the rune waste podcast, and then everything else that's been kind of in here with divination and, and all that. Now, so if, just everything else. If there's anybody listening who has no reference point for what is a rune, I, I know there's at least one listener who may, may never have heard of this. Can you give like a, a, a simplified, like kindergarten explanation? What are runes and how do you read them? Sure. Yeah. I, I get a lot of people. Most of the people that I read don't, know what runes are or haven't had a rune reading before. So they always ask me, uh, but runes are really symbols. They are symbols that uh, are ancient symbols, actually. Uh, and a lot of them have straight lines so that they are, they can easily be carved into things. Now, what we would most notably know runes from would be say from the Nordic, Scandinavian, German, uh, areas, Danish, uh, all, all of those areas where it ended up kind of settling into a, a practice during that time, uh, they started coming up with alphabets. So it, it's funny. It's basically was an alphabet of symbols and it changed over the millennia. It just, it, they, those symbols went all around the world, all around. And they eventually came to use and common use a little bit more in the modern, uh, more modern ages of, or the late Viking ages and whatnot as an alphabet. Now, some say that they were, they were really never, we don't know that they were really ever used for divination or how they use them or what they use them. What we see now, divination, even as uh, Kedrick Olson says, a divination really with runes started in the 80s. It really wasn't something that we feel was commonly used, especially now, like with the meanings that we have now. So different runes will have different uh, uh, different symbols on them. I use the Elder Futhark. That's typically what people use. It's a nice balance of 24 runes, which gives you a really easy way to uh, learn them. You get to learn at least, the, you know, the symbols help... Uh, help you learn what they mean, which is interesting, which I found really interesting. A lot of people would know runes from, say, like Tolkien, the dwarven runes, the dwarven uh, runes that he kind of adapted from the Elder Futhark, which is interesting. And I used to know those inside and out. I could write them. I could write a whole letter using dwarven runes. I could read it, write, just easily read them, and I had no idea. It wasn't until later that I discovered what the Elder Futhark really was. It wasn't until later that I discovered all of that, and I couldn't believe it. And that's an interesting story. But yeah, runes are then used similar to tarot. You'll either cast them or drop them, or you will lay them out. Turning them over, going from past, present, future is very common. There's other layouts that you can do. But since each one has meaning to it, such as strength, partnership, family, uh, give and take, uh, there's, the runes have slightly, well, they have, each one has multiple meanings to it and associations. So when you put them all together, say in a divination reading such as tarot, you can kind of get a story from it. I always see it like Percy Jackson kind of when the, when the Greek letters all scrambled and he looked at them and, and all of a sudden they, they lined up into a word. And that's how I feel like runes do that for me. So they're, they're, it's an ancient symbol. Most notably, I think people get it from, say they'd say it's from the Viking Age. Um, they see it in video games. You'd see it all, all over the place like that in TV and movies and whatnot. But for divination purposes, you can write the the, uh, the symbols on pretty much anything. 
and uh, go ahead and, and cast for divination. There's different methods and whatnot that everybody uses. But again, I reiterate that the techniques have only been developed from the 80s, 1980s, in fact. So, Very cool. Thanks, yeah. thanks Wayne. It, it, it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that things like this get lumped into the New Age section at bookstores? But in fact, it's not new at all. It's very ancient. <laughs> very, so, yeah. yeah. And used differently, which I was... That's the best part about getting into something like this is when you do the when you do the research and you learn about the history and what what we know today, what we think we know today, is completely different from the history. You know uh, that we that you can really dig into and learn the truth about rather than and there's just not a lot we know from the from the northern folk uh, back in that time. There's not a whole lot that survived. So yeah. But it, it, it's very cool. It's fa I've always been fascinated with, you know, kind of the, the Viking age mm -hmm. and, you know, feeling connected to, you know, potentially a past life back there. So maybe once upon a time I could read runestones and mm -hmm. I was fluent in that language. No right. longer I am, but that's that's fine. But it's cool. I mean, you could add that to your metaphysical resume, right? You can basically speak another language. Uh, pretty much, right? You can write and say, oh, yeah, <laughs> I can't really speak <laughs> the language. I can actually say I can say the words, but the... Uh, the weird thing was, is that it was, uh, it was, I mean, I had known the, the Dwarven, the Tolkien runes for a long time. And I just wasn't, I mean, it's already spiritual. I didn't really know much about divination. I wasn't into tarot. I was into getting readings, but not really, because they always were very, very impactful. But I never really got into doing divination for others. I didn't have the confidence. And then I went to the next millennium years ago. I think it was right after Cater Colson was there. And I don't, I didn't go see him then. Didn't know who he was. Found a book. And I just got hit by lightning. I didn't know why. Got runes and realized that these this was like a divination tool I could use. This was real magic. This was something like I really wanted it to do. And I ever since then I I dove in and just it was like another it was like I knew this already. I knew how to do this. It was common. And then I found out later that my last name, Brecky, holy crap, I went back and visited my parents. I don't know if I forgot this, but they come up and they show me, Oh yeah, here's your great grandfather. He came over to the States from Norway. There's a town <laughs> called Brecky in this by the Sonenfjord in Norway. And I'm like, What are you talking about? <laughs> Never knew this. So yeah, the the craziness that went on, the synchronicities that happened. I had to really take I'd really learn from it and, and be like, okay, this is, this is really real. And Kelly Miller kind of pushed me into it. And all of my friends in the metaphysical circles here pushed me into it until I got confident enough to uh, read for other people. Yeah. Omaha is a very uh, kind of a hot spot in terms of metaphysics and, and healers. And it's, it's kind of funny, like pound for pound, the size of the city. I mean, you wouldn't expect right. it to be this metaphysical, but I don't know, people, I've heard from many different individuals that, uh, you know, in certain parts of North Omaha, they have portals, they have energy portals. I mean, people are seeing everything from ghosts to UFOs to, you know, even other creatures like like gnomes and, you know, Bigfoot sightings and things like this. And and you been talking with you before we started recording. You may not have a ton of personal experience, but you're open to all these things, right? Right. Yeah, I think I don't have a ton of those experience, those types of experiences because I've really put it out to the universe that I do not, I don't want to mess with any alien stuff, no. And I was already freaked out when Christy Peterson put out her book, that she, you know, her whole story about being abducted for years. She lived right down the block from me, man. That was happening, like, in my neighborhood while I was sleeping in my bed. She was getting abducted, and I'm like, no, no, no. I put a dome of protection around my house. I don't want to see any of those things. No ghosts. I don't want to have apparitions. I don't want to see you. Fairies, awesome. Welcome. You can come in here. I'm not going to bother you. 
I'm going to leave out stuff, honor everybody, but I am totally open to all of it. I have yet to truly see any UFOs. I haven't seen a full-bodied apparition. When I worked at the pizza shop in Benson, since Benson's super haunted, uh, I would get people that would play with my hair. I was aware of the spirits that were in that in the pizza shop. Uh, I'm very aware. I'm not really very aware. I, I try and just keep a nice big barrier. I I only let it in when I'm doing readings with people and I can, and I actually say, I want to communicate. My people want to talk to your people. Right. Uh, I don't want to see your grandma behind you. Like, uh, right. But I, <laughs> you know, I don't need that. And so that, that's, yeah, that's the kind of thing. And it's, there's been a lot around here. I'm totally open to all of it, man. I want to, I do want to see it, but I, I don't want aliens got to stay outside my perimeter. <laughs> Just you know, saying. And Christy Peterson that you had mentioned, we've had her on the show before. We've also had on uh, Orion and Astara who made that film. And the film is yeah. called We Are Not Alone. Yeah, we've had all them on before. And yeah, Christy, not only was she taken by UFOs for years, they let her fly the dang ship. Right. You know, and, I mean, and that was up pretty cool. That was up the street from you. They could have been taking you, homeboy. Right. I know. I'm like, what's going on? And then I'm thinking, oh, why was I placed here? Oh, I was born in Lompoc by Vandenberg Air Force Base. It all, it's all making sense. <laughs> and so before I went down my, my own personal conspiracy theory, <laughs> it's like, just going to make sure everything's cool. You know, aliens are fine. You're fine. I'm fine. You don't want anything from me. I have t terrible hygiene and I don't, and yeah, I, and I smell and I taste terrible. You would never want that. But you have yeah. all the cool stuff, man. Right, I drink too much, so you want you don't want me at all. You know, so they, I just make myself undesirable to them. <laughs> but you have all the shiniest things. So, but hey, maybe because you have all these shiny, really cool gizmos and gadgets and runestones, maybe fairies are more likely to show up to to steal them from you. But well, speaking of fairies, is it true that if you invite them into your home, and I know this is kind of fringe, whatever. Mm -hmm. But what do, you, what do you expect? You know, sometimes we've got to slap on our tinfoil hat and talk about weird things. It's said that if you invite fairies into your home, you'll have yourself a problem because then they start stealing your things and they start to expect you to leave offerings out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But my, my daughter's nine and we kind of have a whimsical house here with, you know, magical and little things. And we, we do it. We have a couple fairy houses and little, uh, you know, kind of garden gnome things on our uh, on our mantle up there. And. I don't know. What do you think about fairies? Well, I had to do a, a presentation on fairies and working with the Fae. I, I thought I was just answering somebody's question on the phone at the next millennium, but it was Sandra Swan. And she's like, oh, OK, so the uh, your presentation is going to be on this day for this long. Wait, wait, present. I thought I was just so I took three months and really dove into working with fairies and read all the books, tried to get all the lore. What, what did I already know and already have experience of? So yeah, it was interesting, but I made a whole, I made a little fairy altar to put under my altar. You can't really see it, but it's there. Oh, I don't know. You leave but, them a, what, a little shot of whiskey or M&Ms? Yeah. Like what do you leave them? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a little diorama. You know, it would be cool. So I may I may show you and then you can maybe edit that in. But I mean yeah. just like kind of a diorama. We do doll houses and small houses, so I have all these small things. And I put it together as just like an altar for the Fay. And I feel like if yeah, just like fish, you know, again, when my class surrounded about like fairies, they're like, you know, people use the word fairy like they like they would use the word fish. Uh there's so many different types of fish, yet we say it's just a fish. You know, it's right. a fish. So 
So what I did was I didn't learn. It was I, I, I just kind of, I've always had a good relationship with fame. I've always wanted to see them. I've always felt akin to them. I had a psychic tell me I was once in another life a prince of fae. I, uh, you know, Freya was the queen of fae. And Freya, you know, so I tried to make it to where, like, I have so many things around here. It's just like, uh, here, all the offerings, you know, I, I put, I, I give them all their own things. So I get a whole bunch of stones in there and I put whiskey in there when I'm celebrating and I, and I, and I just honor it. Whether you see them or not, whether you believe in them or not, it doesn't matter, but it's just about the tribute. It's just about the, you know, I've never personally had problems. I think people that have problems with them already have existing problems with them and they want to come in and mess with you. And I think I would do the same thing if I was Faye. I would totally do that because that's what you do. Demons got a demon, Faye's got a Faye. And that's their job. You can't be mad at it, but they, that's what they do. Now, if you're welcoming and you say, hey, protect my house. Our house is great. If we protect it, we all get to exist here in harmony for a long time. If you let these other people come in, something can happen. It can burn down. You lose your home. So I, we just kind of have an agreement in my mind like that. Demons got a demon. Faye got a Faye. Right. <laughs> I love it, man. That's and what he, I explain to people with demons when they come to me and ask, what do I do? I got this thing happening on demons. I'm like, A, I'm not a demonologist. I'm not going to go in there. But B... You know, don't be surprised. Demons, that's what they do. What would you do if you were a demon? That was your job. Think of it. Put yourself in their shoes. It sounds awful and weird, but it, it's not like, I mean, people always take it personally, and it's like, it's not. So, well, let's say, let's say you are a dark entity who is in charge of scaring people or spooking people or lowering their vibrations. Wouldn't it be easier to find somebody who's already vibrating low and scare them even more? And on the flip side, if you're a good spirit trying to lift somebody's, you know, mood, it'd be easy. Your job would be easier fulfilled to find somebody who's already happy and make them happier. Right. So I think energy attracts to energy. And that's why I've noticed a lot of people who have, you know, under like personal demons, you know, anger, greed, things like this, their paranormal experiences generally aren't good. And I know other people mm -hmm. who are spiritual and balanced and holistic and intuitive and open-minded. And when they have, you know, uh, spiritual or paranormal moments, it's kind of whimsical. It's playful and lighthearted in nature. You know, it could be like a, they get a sign as a, from a butterfly or they see an 11-11 synchronicity on the clock, you know, this type of thing. So, yeah, energy does tend to clump together. So you keep, uh, you keep feeding those fairies that whiskey and, and little right. treats, buddy. <laughs> It reminds me of, remember that old movie Willow from the 1980s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they had oh, the little yeah. brownies. They called them the brownies, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, you got to be nice to them. You know, that's the thing, right? There's been several incidents where I've left the door unlocked or the garage door open at night or my car out. Uh, that would be so easy. And we live on a street that's busy. And yet, the house, uh, they've kept the house safe. And that's what I kind of, you know, want to make sure, I don't want to, I want to remember to lock the door for crying out loud, but... That's the way I deal with it. But yeah, I mean, as far as dark entities go and, and demons, the same thing. Uh, I mean, they, yeah, they would go for, I would, love, I would totally go for somebody that's already got an issue. And most of the time they do. You can tell when you talk and they, they may look like they don't have anything in them. They're the victim and this is what happened. But it's kind of like, oh yeah, no, you're just my victim. You know, if I was a demon, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to drink your milkshake because you're super tasty. You've already got anger issues. You're already depressed. Oh, low self-esteem. I love that spice. Mm. Chef's kiss on that. Demons are like waiting for it. Now, if you know this, you can take the proper measures to counter it. But if you don't, you're going to feed into it and you're, they're going to love it. I would love it. Yeah, get pissed at me. Yell at me. Ooh, that'd be great. <laughs> so we got we got to keep the fairies happy. We also have to keep the uh, leprechaun, leprechauns and garden gnomes happy, apparently. The area that you're in 
you know, Benson. Now you live in Benson? I know yes. that's where your shop is. Yep, right in the heart of Benson. Okay, so notorious for weird little creature sightings. And I, I went into this, I think it was the season finale of episode one. But uh, a long time ago, my wife at the time, she saw what looked like a little one-foot-tall garden gnome-type creature run across the street right there in the heart of Benson. And so I was talking about that at a paranormal presentation, and a guy from the back row raised his hand, and he was like, yeah, I believe you, because I saw one myself back in the 1970s. But what he saw was like a one-foot-tall, almost like a little leprechaun-type creature that was peeking in uh, at him and his buddies shooting pool in the basement from like a little recess window. And they, they all ran outside, and they saw this thing kind of slide underneath a car, like hiding from them. So I don't know what it is about Benson, man. You wow. have fairies, but you have little creatures running around because they're popping in and out of the portals, right? Right. I guess so. I don't get to see them. I guess I've told everybody, no, I don't want to see them. I think when you put out like a blanket thing where like, I don't want to see the apparitions, maybe they took it. So I, that's why I have the fairy thing. So hopefully they'll be all right. We leave a lot of our stuff wild in the back. We don't, we don't have a super, we have a really nicely curated, but it's not like, no, if there's weeds, I, but it's, it's pretty wild. There's a lot of growth, a lot of trees, a lot of animals. You got a lot of, just a lot of animals, cats and squirrels and rodents and, and everything like that. And it's usually really pleasant. We don't usually have an infestation problem or anything like that. They stay, they go to the neighbor's house, all the raccoons, you know, to, to <laughs> dig into their, ba- their attic, not ours, but I'm thinking back to, the... to see that. We've only had a couple of things. There's been one incident where Lori was out in the, back doing reiki i believe or, or just out in the, on the deck and there was a point where she came in kind of freaked out because she felt like there was a very large energy coming up or right there like coming up on the deck like really like brooding kind of over her and she wasn't sure if it was exactly ominous or if it was big like we couldn't figure out if it was a green man sort of energy or if it was somebody popping in, looking, or just observing, or if, or what. But she hasn't really felt it since. She does Reiki out on the deck every morning. So it's so she couldn't tell if it was somebody who was physically big or just had a big energy about them. Yeah. I was she hoping you were going to say. like it was big. Like, it, like, the, like right. the entity itself was large during the day. It was like, I think in the day. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't. I don't remember. But. I was kind of hoping you were going to say it was large and had shaggy fur and big feet because uh, we're talking Bigfoot. I'm all ears, buddy. <laughs> Man, I did. My kids even, they, they, they're, hilarious, they're hilarious, but they always make fun of me because I literally sometimes will stop the car and look again because I thought I saw something. I go, one day. And, oh, man, yeah, I've always wanted to see Bigfoot, always. And I know Brian's into it, and, and we've always, I've always been into it. just want to just want to see it. And uh, so far, nothing. So far, nothing. In fact, my, my best friend that I grew up with, the thing was like, whoever dies first, we got to come back and tell the other person, Bigfoot's real, Loch Ness Monster's real, and you got to just share it, do something, like share it, that it's all real. And then, then you can move on. But we made that pact. And then he, he did die. He died before I did. He's in here, too. These are, it's in a little urn in my Oh, appendix. you're wearing, the necklace is an urn. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that uh, he was taken too early, man. Uh, he was taken exactly when he was supposed to. Is you know I, I feel that too. And though he hasn't confirmed in the legitimacy of Bigfoot or any of these things yet, uh, I certainly <laughs> hope I'm holding out hope that he will. But he has really actually those you know the connection there has been has been always present. So, uh, but yeah. Well, maybe he doesn't want to rob you of you know the the 
pursuit of mystery, you know, mysteries oh. and monsters. Maybe that's half the fun is getting oh, out there yeah. searching for these things. Maybe it's just being a big jerk. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, it could be too. That could oh. be too. I, you know, but I always say, I, me you and my buddies. When I was going to reveal it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You still got a lot of years left. But I always say, you know, my buddies and I, we go on a, a usually in the fall, usually in October, we'll take a, we'll go legend tripping. You know, we'll find a hot spot for dogman sightings or Bigfoot sightings or UFOs, and we'll just go there. And we'll walk around the woods and we'll, we'll rent out a cabin for a few days. And we always say, you know, best case scenario, we find what we're looking for and we'll have a Bigfoot sighting. But at the very least, you're out there and you're having some some laughs with friends and you're right. making memories and getting some exercise. So I think that's uh, the pursuit of these mysteries is half the fun. But yeah, Bigfoot, man, I, there's a lot of theories out there floating yep. around. It's it's more popular than ever before. But a lot of people yes. are saying, um, you know, if you kind of like your approach with fairies, you got to take kind of a uh, a calm, neutral, respective approach or else you don't have a chance at seeing one at all. Right. And I think it's, again, my biggest thing that I think I've put together is that those entities, whether there's different types of big feet uh, creatures, they all have one, a lot of them have one thing in common is that what I, I can only call a fear spell. They, I believe, emit an energy of fear and I think it's really easy to manipulate human human minds. It's so easy. We do it on TikTok. Read the word. It says it. And then read the other word. It says that. It's the same recording of those freaky things. We can manipulate our minds so easy. I think that those entities, that's why nobody runs toward them or a group doesn't go out and find them. And, and just, no, because they, everybody runs. Because I think it strikes an energy of fear into you that really does make you afraid. Even if you're the bravest person there, it will, it's a defense mechanism like a skunk has smell. This has emotion and their emotion that they trigger is fear, which I believe is keep or, or, or just not wanting to go near them. And, and so people hike and they don't ever, if somebody's there, maybe some people don't even want to go this way. They don't know why, but they just don't. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my theory on that. And you might be onto something there, Wayne. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people who talk about infrasound when we're talking about Sasquatch, and this is kind of a newer thing that people have been talking about. But it's thought that you know these creatures are able to emit a low frequency noise, a uh, uh, you know a rumble, a hum, and it kind of hits you like a shockwave. And sometimes right. you don't even hear it so much as feel it. But I mean, it it can induce feelings of like nausea, vomiting, confusion, fear, definitely. And a lot of people have experienced this as they're looking at one of these creatures and they're like, yep. I got to get out of here. Like, I can't even, I can't even think straight. It can't be here in the same place. Well, and also any animal type of uh, large animal growl. If you've never heard one live, then you don't know what it feels like. And that is true fear. I was a vet tech and I worked at the zoo and I went down and we were going to, there was a large cat. I don't think it was a tiger. It was more like a leopard or something. And we were going to, the doc was going to come in and go ahead and tranquilize it. And we were going to just do its checkup. And down the below the basement was all big bars, big cage, you know, that they put them in. It's all concrete. So it's kind of echoey. There's no accoutrements. It's basically there. So I'm there with the other tech. We're waiting. The cat's in there. Real calm. Just sitting around. As soon as the doc walks in, with the rifle, with the tranquilizer, the cat recognizes him. Ears went back and he let out this roar that was the deepest, lowest, 
I can't even describe the kind of sound it was, but I almost peed myself right there. If I had not just gone, it would have happened. Mm-hmm. And it struck the, the deepest core fear in me. I, I, I just froze. In fact, the other tech was like, are you okay? I'm like, I, yeah, but I was, ter- I'm still, yeah, I still feel it, but I was terrified. So if that ever happens, you've got a large nine foot animal or being uh, that growls like that. You're, you're just going to fight. There's no fight in you. There's no fight. No, you're, you're not, you're not winning that battle, but it's, it's one of those kind of deep rumbles. You, it, you, you feel it like you feel the yeah. vibration in your chest, right? Uh-huh. And it's, you know, that's what they do in movies and stuff like that to unsettle you. you look at horror movies that start using that kind of sound uh, techniques to, to just make you unnerved. The high pitched frequencies and then these really low pitched frequencies that just, it, it kind of takes your subconscious by surprise. It's just there. It's that sound like when you turn off the air conditioning, you, you're used to it all day. When you turn it off, it's the peace. Like, oh, wow. That was just bearing on you all day, you know. Yeah. You don't realize it. Until it comes yeah. off. So that's, that's what I low... think they, they can do. I think yeah. those guys, Bigfoots, can do that. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I agree. I agree. And, and yeah, kind of in line with what you were saying about the research that, you know, Hollywood's putting into creepy sound effects. I think it was the grudge, which I'm not a horror movie person. Yeah. Surprising, surprised a lot of people to hear that, but I'm not, <laughs> but I, I saw the grudge in the early two thousands and I read an article like they did a crazy amount of research to figure out what is the scariest noise for human beings and what, and it, you know, and that creature is just kind of like a backwards walk. Yeah. She does like a backwards crab walk, but it was, kind of accompanied by like this croaking almost noise yeah. and it, it it will raise the hair on your arms it is an unpleasant sound to hear yeah it's, it's crazy oh there you my, go you did it oh yeah oh my god yeah my, my kid would uh, would do oh, that we'd need to put her hair down and walk around you are a cool they dad would, they would scream they would scream <laughs> so have you, yeah. you raised your kids kind of in the same wheelhouse of like open-mindedness and you know, oh, yeah, openly I put, talking I about astral heads in the in the bathtub in the shower, <laughs> and then they'd go in. I would move their American Girl doll around their room just just in general when they weren't in there, and they would come back in. Like, Damn it! They get moved again. Yeah, I'd, I'd chase them around with masks, and we'd scare each other. It's silly, but but they're also very talented um, and gifted. You know, my parents weren't necessarily they weren't like psychics or they didn't practice that. But uh my wife's parents and whole family are. You know, my wife's a Reiki master, yoga master. And her parents are very in, in they they're all about that. Her mom is a is a healer, uh but they have seen stuff. I mean, she'll tell me stories and she's from a small town, so she'll tell me stories about how they saw their grandfather's chair in the attic just rock by itself. Uh Stories of parties where they all left because at one point 
all the drawers in the kitchen started opening and closing and slamming the doors all by themselves. Uh, her sister sees all sorts of apparitions in their house. It's an old farmhouse kind of thing. And yeah, full bodied apparitions, just walking through kids in the closet playing and there's no kids. She's the only one there and she can see them. She sees the, the kids there and hears them all. And it's just become commonplace. And, uh, yeah, in fact, it was uh, her husband, my brother-in-law, that um, had had shot himself in their garage uh, years ago. He was a firefighter and a uh, paramedic, and uh, it was after that that um, they still have him, they still feel him in there as well. I know that the son actually one of the sons felt his dad sit beside him and and actually saw the chair kind of collapse a bit as if there was weight put upon it. Um, so. Yeah, well, and that's the kind of stuff that I don't want to see. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, give it that. yeah. But that that kind of stuff has happened. So my own kids have like grown up. My one grow. Um, I think yeah, all of them read tarot. Uh, Chrissy does it. Like she'll she'll do it professionally, and then um. But everybody's been very open minded, and look, they'll come over if they need herbs. I got you know what herbs you out of? You need some herbs. Here's some spell. Here's some bind wounds you need to do. Here's some other things on oh, everybody got their wand did you need to make a new wand we'll do that you know and they're like make sure you have your play wands but you have your real wands it's for the real magic so <laughs> what a cool family man that's that's i mean memories the last a lifetime they sound like you're a great dad uh speaking of wands and you know magic and all this stuff i do have to ask because i know there's people probably loved it or hate it but what's your take on the the latest dungeons and dragons movie that came out <laughs> <laughs> no, I get asked that all the time now. <laughs> into that. I love, I liked it a lot. I've okay. seen it like four or five times. I, I like Chris Pine. I like what they did with it. Um, yeah, I like, I liked it. It is, it is fun. I got to see monsters that I haven't seen on screen before. I've always wanted to see a gelatinous cube put to screen or, you know, they make put to screen. I'm like, yes, not just and, dragons. Anybody can do dragons for crying out loud. Give me that stuff. I've seen yeah. zombies, mummies, all of it. Give me something new. And they did. They delivered. I like it. So I'm, I highly recommend it as an expert in the D&D field. <laughs> there you go. You heard it first here, ladies and gentlemen. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's such a broad scope. I mean, the game is so elaborate. They they can't possibly incorporate every single element of every single character. You know, you're just kind of choosing some of the fan favorites. But I'm glad I'm glad that you liked it. I, I've i seen bits and pieces of it, and I wasn't able to finish it, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Wayne, it's a cool movie. Wayne, it's been a real treat having you here, man. Before yeah. we uh, before we get out of here, do you want to talk a little bit about your store? Tell people where get once again where to find your book. Oh, sure, yeah. You can actually find the book at my store. I figured. Why <laughs> there you not? go. There you go. <laughs> it's funny. I've sold a lot there. There's a big crossover. You know, when I worked at the Next Millennium, it was why I wanted to open my own store in the D and D realm rather than rocks and crystals. And I got all that stuff, and I was like, yeah. So you can now find the brick and mortar. We've moved and have a new location. Uh, right up the block, it is 6129 Military Avenue, right in Benson, right next, right sandwiched in between the full house and the reverb. So we're on our own standalone building. First Fridays are amazing. We're going to have a dog park in our backyard this time, and uh, we always have vendors and whatnot, so you got to come up for that. But yeah, we sell uh, all the things, swords, metal swords, foam swords, dragon sculptures, jewelry, mystery things, dice, minis, stuffed animals that look like monsters books and all that stuff so it's a apparel yeah all the nerdery that you would find at the ren fair or the 
convention I have there in my place. So come on down and see me at my clubhouse. We do play games every Saturday. Uh, we have Dungeon Club, so if you don't know how to play, or you're learning, or you want to play, or you just haven't played for a while, you can come down for free. Uh, we do all sorts of stuff like that. I do have my book there, so the Complete Guide to Runes is also available there in person. And if you want a signed copy, but otherwise, uh, it is available on Amazon. I encourage you, if you've purchased it or you do purchase it, please give it a review on Amazon. Those really help. You know what really helps even better? Giving it a five-star review, all right? <laughs> that would really Specifically, help. yeah. Yeah, that makes us feel great. And it deserves but, it because yeah. you put a lot of heart and soul into that book. I mean, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to write this over the course of a weekend. You put a lot of research into this thing, so. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So, yeah, and I hope that uh, next week we can do, maybe you can be on the Ruminies podcast. Oh, I'd love it, man. Continue We're going to have our conversation on... from the other end. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about all the things, man. I'll probably have you back on here at some point because we just scratched the surface of the paranormal world. And I do have to propose, if you're ever looking for an alternate title to your store, I think the Nerdery Emporium has a good yeah. ring to it. <laughs> I still haven't finished the sign, and I got a banner in the front. I'm thinking, I just might put, like, dice, nerdery, <laughs> you know, mini something. I don't know. But be, people know what nerdery means. They get it. I don't know how else to put it. Well, and lucky for you to be a nerd is the new cool. So right? we, we dig it, man. Oh, well, yeah. thanks for being on here, Wayne. You take care. And until next time, keep it strange, okay? All right. Thank you.